This is an audio summary of the Acute Infarction Ramipril Efficacy Trial, AIR trial, A-I-R-E. The effect of ramipril on mortality and morbidity of survivors of acute myocardial infarction with clinical evidence of heart failure. Andrew Foy is the author. This is John Mandrola. AIR was published in Lancet, 1993. Background. The survival after ventricular enlargement or SAVE trial demonstrated the administration of the angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitor, ACE inhibitor, captopril, following MI, complicated by LV dysfunction, EF less than 40%, but without clinical heart failure, significantly improved morbidity and mortality over 3.5 years of follow-up. Yet many post-MI patients at the time had clinical heart failure, and this represented a vulnerable population of patients with significantly increased morbidity and mortality compared to those without clinical heart failure. The acute infarction ramipril efficacy or AIR trial sought to test the hypothesis that administration of ramipril, an ACE inhibitor, to patients with acute MI complicated by acute congestive heart failure would reduce morbidity and mortality versus a placebo. Patients. Eligible patients were 18 years of age or older with a definite MI occurring two to nine days before randomization with clinical evidence of congestive heart failure at any time after the index MI. While clinical evidence of heart failure was mandatory for study entry, it could be transient and not necessarily present at the time of randomization. Patients were excluded with New York Heart Association Class 4 heart failure as these patients would receive ACE inhibitor therapy regardless. Heart failure of primary valvular and congenital etiology or patients with any recognized contraindications to ACE inhibitor therapy were also excluded. Baseline characteristics. The average age of patients was 65 years and 74% were men. Approximately one quarter of patients had had a prior myocardial infarction 12% had diabetes, 30% had hypertension, and smoking status was not listed. The ejection fraction of study participants was not systemically assessed as part of the study protocol. 62% had a Q-wave MI, and the predominant location was anterior. The mean time to randomization was five days, five days. Approximately 60% of patients received thrombolysis, The average blood pressure and heart rate were not provided. At the time of randomization, 22% of patients were receiving a beta blocker and 12% digoxin. Many more patients, 52,000, were reviewed than ultimately enrolled, 1,986. The main reason for exclusion was no definitive MI in 21,300 and no definitive heart failure in about 17,000. The authors estimate that among eligible patients with a definitive MI and heart failure, that approximately half were enrolled. Information on those enrolled versus not enrolled was not provided. Trial procedures. Patients were initiated on ramipril 2.5 milligrams twice daily or matching placebo for two days, after which the dose was increased to 5 milligrams twice daily. If patients could not tolerate the 5 milligrams twice daily dose, they were discharged on 2.5 milligrams twice daily. 
For patients who could not tolerate the 2.5 milligram dose, they were given 1.25 milligrams twice daily for two days with attempts to up titrate to 2.5 milligrams and 5 milligrams at discharge. For patients that could not tolerate at least 2.5 milligrams twice daily at discharge, they were not discharged on the 1.25 milligram dose. These patients were withdrawn from study treatment, but followed up at the pre-specified visit intervals and were included in the intention to treat analysis. Outpatient visits were scheduled at one month and three months following discharge from the index hospitalization and every three months thereafter until study close. Monitoring of renal function and electrolytes was done at the discretion of study investigators based on their normal practice. During follow-up, patients could be started on any medication with the exception of an ACE inhibitor. Endpoints. The primary study endpoint was all-cause mortality. The secondary endpoint was time to first event, including death, progression to New York Heart Association Class 4 heart failure, reinfarction, or stroke. The investigators estimated they would need a sample size of 2,000 patients to detect a 25% relative reduction in the risk of death with 80% power and a two-sided alpha of 5%. This was based on an estimated death rate of 20% at 15 months in the placebo group and 15% in the Ramapil group. Results. 2,006 patients were recruited from 144 centers in 14 countries. However, 20 patients from one center were excluded from the final analysis due to inconsistencies in the data. According to the authors, the exclusion of these patients did not meaningfully change the final results. The final analysis, therefore, included 1,986 patients 1,004 in the Remipil group and 982 in the placebo group. 90% of study patients were discharged from the hospital on study drug. In the Remipil group, 77% of patients were on the 5 milligram dose, 14% on the 2.5 milligram dose, and 9% were on no therapy. In the placebo group, 86% were on the 5 milligram dose, 7% on the 2.5 milligram dose, and 7% on no therapy. Patients were followed for an average of 15 months, and only one patient was lost to follow-up. Results, final results, compared to placebo, Ramipril significantly reduced all-cause death by 27%. The actual numbers, 17% versus 23%. The p-value was equal to 0.002. Ramipril also significantly reduced the secondary composite endpoint of time to first validated event, including death, progression to heart failure, reinfarction, or stroke, by 19%. This was absolute values 28% versus 34%, and that p-value was equal to 0.008. Differences in the composite endpoint were mainly driven by death and progression to severe heart failure. Examination of subgroups showed no evidence of treatment effect heterogeneity, but once again, similar to the SAVE trial, the size of the AIR trial limits subgroup testing. Premature withdrawals from study drug, not including death, occurred in 352 patients in the Ramapril group compared to 318 in the placebo group. Intolerance to the drug was cited as a factor in 126 patients in the Ramapril withdrawals, and 68 of the placebo withdrawals, 
whereas progression to severe heart failure was cited in 58 patients in the ramipril withdrawal and 92 in the placebo. Syncope was more common in ramipril-treated patients compared to placebo, 2.4 versus 1.7% respectively, as was hypotension, 4.2% versus 2.3%, but not renal failure. Renal failure incidence was 1.5 versus 1.2% respectively. Conclusions. In patients with acute MI complicated by clinical congestive heart failure, ramipril significantly reduced death over 1.3 years of follow-up with a number needed to treat of approximately 17 patients. Ramipril also significantly reduced the compositive events, which were mainly driven by death and progression to severe heart failure. Unlike the SAVE trial, which did not estimate a particular sample size for hypothesis testing, the AIR trial was specifically designed to test whether ramipril would reduce death by 25% over 15 months, and indeed it did. Thus, results from the AIR trial not only support but add legitimacy to the findings from SAVE. One perceived limitation of AIR, particularly when viewed through a contemporary lens, is its lack of ejection fraction estimation. There should be no doubt, though, that these were sick patients in whom significant LV dysfunction would have been present in most. We base this claim on the observation that the death rate in air at 1.3 years in the placebo group was nearly equal to the SAVE trial at 3.5 years, 23% versus 25%. This observation highlights that development of clinical heart failure, regardless of LV function, confers a worse prognosis than LV dysfunction without heart failure. In our opinion, the external validity of AIR is high for a trial performed 30 years ago. The average start date for treatment was five days after MI, complicated by clinical heart failure. This is longer than we would anticipate in contemporary practice by two or three days, but not unreasonable, especially for post-MI patients with tenuous hemodynamics requiring intravenous diuretic therapy. Furthermore, the dose titration parameters and follow-up schedule in AIR can be approximated in clinical practice. Also, no obvious treatment effect heterogeneity was noted across important subgroups such as age greater than or less than 65 years, but these analyses are limited due to the overall sample size. Finally, there were no strict limits placed on blood pressure and heart rate at study entry.